Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. We have a fantastic question today. Yes, from we do. Lindsay. And Lindsay writes, Hi, sisters. First, I want to say how much I love your podcast. I do a happy dance in my kitchen every time there's a new episode. That's so nice. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, I feel a little embarrassed asking this question because it's such a first world problem, but I'm going to ask anyway. My question is, how do you organize all your homeschool stuff? Quite a few friends have given us homeschooling related things, which I greatly appreciate, but suddenly it feels like my cabinets are bursting with books, board games, art supplies, and curriculum. How do you decide what to keep and how do you organize what you have? Thanks so much, Lindsay. Such a good question. It is. And it's a tough one because <laughs> I've been in that exact same situation. Something about when you announce to people that you're homeschooling, you suddenly become like the depository for everything <laughs> that, you know, and it's great. It's wonderful. We had a really good family friend who was a second grade teacher who would give us everything and it, it was fantastic. But, you know, there's certain things you use and certain things that you don't need. And then mm-hmm. you feel like, but what do I do with it? So, yeah, we had the same tips. thing. <laughs> we had a neighbor drop off stuff that she had used with her high schooler the whole time. And so, a lot of the things are really good because I've read all the books and I know what's recommended for certain things. And I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I should save it. But then it does, it takes up space. And we're not there yet, we're not at high school. Yeah. So it's tricky when you know you have some homeschool gold, but you also have limited shelving. <laughs> totally. It's like when my friend gives me her daughter's jeans and her daughter is quite a few sizes ahead of my daughter, but they're in such good shape because I don't know, I guess when kids get older, they don't wipe out jeans the way they do when they're younger. <laughs> um, and it's like, this is great. And then you put them like way on the top shelf in the closet, you know? Yeah. Um, but you can only you can only keep so much before you're drowning in wonderful resources. Exactly. So I I cull a lot. Me too. <laughs> Regularly. Um and I donate a lot. And I try to go through at least twice a year mm-hmm. and like go through it's it's hilarious because what happens is we, we homeschool mostly, well, we homeschool everywhere, but most of our supplies are in our dining room. And so I will pull out things and start putting them on the dining room table. And the kids are like, I forgot we had this. I I didn't remember we had that. And before I know it, I'm like, wait, hold on. Because (laughs) (laughs) that's so true. Yeah. It It gets buried. It gets so exciting again, you know, when they find something new, but I go through like all the markers and practice, you know, what, what's the word? Test them. I test every marker. Oh my you gosh. Know? Are my kids are doing that right now <laughs> while we're podcasting. Wait, that's genius I, though. You need to make the yeah. kids do it. Why didn't I think I, of this? Yeah. I gave them a big sheet of paper and asked them to do that. And if they, and a couple other things, and if they can do that and keep the puppy quiet, then we're going to bake brownies like Ooh. Julie Ray Ryder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
um, if so, we'll see how this goes. I may have just jinxed it. Yeah. (laughs) If somebody were to promise me brownies after I tested all the markers, I think I would enjoy the job a little bit more. That's a great (laughs) idea to have your kids do it. But you know, you do, you get like some of this stuff, it's easier because you look at it and you're like, okay, this clay is all dried out and crusty or, um, you know, we have stickers dating back to before I had kids and, at some point, you're kind of like, how many stickers do we need? You know, stuff like that. So We actually just passed all, all our stickers along because oh, we had did? outgrown them. Yeah. We had, I don't know why we had, maybe because I was an educator before. Like, I had a, way too many stickers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember that phase when that was the most exciting thing was the stickers. Right. And like in every birthday card, you know, my sister would send like sticker sheets and really cute ones. And, um, yeah, I mean, little kids love stickers. And then Mm -hmm. my daughter still does. And we're going through a new phase now where stickers are becoming more of like an office supply, like for journals and, Oh, um, cool. You know, reading journals and things like that. And so it's good that we still have them, which I guess gets into organization a little bit. My number one homeschool organization tip is bins. Yeah, so true. <laughs> to create a bin. Um, Crates. <laughs> yes. So all my stickers are in a bin. All our clay stuff, like all of our, we have the best Play-Doh tools. We have to link to these because I I love them and the kids still use them. They're these wooden Melissa and Doug like roller. <gasps> we have those. Have those them? are so good. Yeah, they're the best Play-Doh tools. So all of those are in a bin. All of our stamps and stamp pads are in a bin all that. Mm-hmm. So I just try to put everything in bins and then label the bins. I'm the same way. That's about all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say too, is the tricky thing about organizing homeschool stuff is that you're using it every single day. And so it's very difficult to be a perfectionist about that because if you're reading three different books aloud, they're going to be out on your coffee table or your kitchen table. And so there's a certain, you have to give yourself a certain amount of space (laughs) to not be as strict maybe about that organization as maybe other things. Right. Right. I tend to keep things that we use frequently out in the open and then other things that we use less frequently. Those are the things that I try to put like in a cabinet or something where I can close the door if it gets a little crazy. So like Mm -hmm. um, our art supplies are in a couple of cabinets and, um, (laughs) you know, those are closed. But like we have paper because paper gets used every day. Um, We have like one of those stacking trays. And then some of our paper too is in magazine holders. Um, Oh, that's smart. It's a little bit more substantial, like, um, has a little bit more like weight to it, like construction paper or craft paper we put in magazine holders. Um, but yeah, trying to keep things that you use all the time available. So you're not digging through Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff to get to that every time you want to pull out the books for poetry tea time or whatever. Right. Yeah. We keep all of our books in like a, a basket. Like it's like a crate in our pantry. 
on the floor. And so anything that we're using regularly, I can just go in there and the kids can run in and grab it. And the other stuff is in the office. Yeah. Little, not as accessible. Art supplies, we just moved down to the basement. I don't have a fancy finished basement. It's really, really ugly. <laughs> but I feel like now we can be messy in the small corner of the basement. I got one of those metal um, three tiered rolling carts. You got the cart. Have you seen? I got the cart. Did there you? was a huge oh. sale at Michael's and I got the cart and now I'm like kicking myself cause I should have got two. And I brought down like the extra table that we use for Thanksgiving. That's usually up in our attic. Just one of those fold out like party tables. Yeah. I put that down there and I would love to have a cart on each end, but they can just roll and pass things to each other. Oh, I it's love a disaster, that. but it's also in my basement. So yeah. No, I you love that. My, my, my husband doesn't love it, but <laughs> it's working a lot better for me right now to have yeah. a space to like just kind of lay everything out if it's wet. Oh, yeah. That's it can dry true. on the floor. Yeah, because the other thing is that kids need room to create and they need room to be able to like leave their creations out somewhere. And mm-hmm. I think that that's part of homeschooling that maybe like you don't you don't realize right away that you're going to have things drying all the time or you're going to have, you know, yeah. And things that are in pro like in the process of, you know, um, we used to have like an art cart. Uh, we had this Ikea baking cart thing actually. And we put all of our stuff on there and we had like two stools set up and that was, that was great. I loved when we had that set up. Um, but I have, I have definitely wanted one of the metal carts from Michael's. They, they used to have like, Ikea had one and then I saw Michael's has them. Yes. And and they're on Amazon too, but they're cheaper at Michael's if you can get a sale. Okay. Because they, they it was funny because the day I got it, I, I saw a whole bunch of people on Instagram post the same one. (laughs) I was like, all the homeschool moms ran out and were like, what? Because... I think it was um, Vanessa Wright from Wright Homeschool. Is that her book? Yep. Um, yep. She she showed me that she had one, and I was like, oh, man, I was so close to using my coupon on one. And she was like, no, it's an everyday deal, so you can't yes. use your coupon, so you have to, like, wait for it to go on sale in order to get any kind of deal. So... Yeah, but the yeah, it's cards. tricky. I think everybody wants one of those cards. I really... I'm going to tell all the mamas out there, if you have space for two... If you have space for two and you get one of those deals, go for the two. Okay, so you were talking about keeping books that you use regularly in a book basket. I kind of have the same thing. I call it our morning basket um, where I keep it's – a, it's a, actually a bucket. It's a green bucket. <laughs> And I keep like our everyday, you know, books that we need to access regularly in there. And then I have a crate of other things that are like, I got a good deal on this and I know I want to use it soon or we need to pull it out sometimes. Um, I'm trying to think what I have in there. It's, oh, you know, one of the things I have in there is like things to do while we're listening to audiobooks, like color. Good idea. Um, like fancy coloring books and uh, journaly things and, and stuff like that. Um, do you have other book organization tips? Um, for homeschool stuff, we have, this is actually a running joke, but we when we did our kitchen over, 
we had to move the china cabinet that had been in the dining room into the kitchen temporarily <laughs> before we we listed it on Craigslist because it no longer we'd put windows where it was and so i filled it <laughs> with homeschool stuff so each kid has a drawer which is perfect. It's supposed to be like a silverware drawer, but it holds their journals and their handwriting and their math books. And then the up top where they can't reach are the books that I use, maybe not daily, but often enough, like my brave writer writing tips or the writing writer's jungle or, um, like some science curriculum. I'm trying to think of what else is up there history books, things like that, that I might not do every single day, but I do enough that I need to access it. Yeah. So we haven't sold it yet. (laughs) So you didn't, you didn't actually sell the China cabinet though. No, because I filled it before we listed it. And then I was like, let's just wait. This is working right now. (laughs) Cause it's all right there. We do so much homeschooling either in the kitchen or in the family room, which is right off the kitchen that it's just, it's such a perfect location to put things. I I think that's a good point, though, because I think sometimes the key is to make what you have work. Like we had, Mm -hmm. it's funny that you you talk about the china cabinet because our china cabinet was in our old house filled with books. And then Mm -hmm. we had drawers and the drawers were art supplies. And then Mm -hmm. it had two cabinets on the side or two, yeah, cabinets on the side. And one was, (laughs) one was like stuff that I got at, library used book sales that I know I'm going to want eventually, but we don't need to do it right now. And for forever on the other side, it was cloth diapers. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And then when my kids moved out of cloth diapers, I don't remember what we put in there, but you know, it just, it's like, you kind of have to use what you have. Right. You know, make make the most of the space that you have or whatever. I have a drawer that's all like trivia decks and small games that I can either grab and head out to the garage in the car or that we can use over lunch or dinner. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, we keep um, like the Professor Noggin game. Yes. And um, those kinds of things. We keep those in the dining room too because you do them during dinner, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have like a little, again, bins. It's all about bins and baskets. I I think it make, that makes it less overwhelming for the kids to put away too. If something's labeled and it has an open top, they can just, just chuck, <laughs> chuck it, it in, in yeah. chuck it in the right spot. <laughs> I went to um, a conference when my my youngest was like a baby and this woman was like, <laughs> she was doing um, a talk on organization and she's like, my mom laughs at me that I do talks on organization because my entire strategy is like bins and baskets. Everything has a <laughs> bin or a basket. And I have like held on to that. Like it's, you know, life itself. Like it's just mm-hmm. breath and air. I'm like bins and baskets. So yeah, we have a, a, container for game for games like that but I really want to talk to you about your game storage because I know you guys have <laughs> a ton of games and you love games and oh we have a problem <laughs> <laughs> our game storage so we our house is kind of funny one of the quirks that we have that it has is that our downstairs half bath is it has one of those um closets that's meant for laundry so it has the sliding doors on either side but it's not deep so whoever built it I don't know what kind of you couldn't fit a washing machine in it so it has the hookups it's just very strange and it's too big for something like linens because it's just this 
but it's perfect for games. It's a wide, narrow closet. So I stack them on their sides with elastics around them so that the pieces don't fall out. And it's like a bookshelf. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. And the top house because of the game storage beyond. No, I didn't. Actually, I used to have them stored in like a bedroom before we had kids. I had like, you know, way more game storage because we had a spare room. But no. Yeah. It it works out well. The kids can grab it. The bottom half of it where the kids can reach is a total disaster. And the top half is organized. (laughs) It's like where the grownups can reach and put it away. And then everything's spilling out at the bottom. But it does. It works. And we have to go in you know, a couple, at least a couple times a year and go through it and make sure you can see everything and that we're actually using, you know, it's hard when you have, when you're a game collector, because there's some things you play with adults and there's some things that you play with your kids. And there's some things that are specifically for learning that I think, you know, I'm thinking like money bags and, um, it's another one, like the telling time games. Once right. my kids are confident in that, that those would naturally go out. Yeah. So I'm always kind of checking to see if we're still playing the younger games and then giving them to cousins. Yeah. And I think we talked about, um, in the last Q and a episode too, about, um, that you don't have to hold on to everything for your next, mm-hmm. you know, round of kids, because if it's a really good resource, it's probably going to continue to be available. And if it's, you know, something where you like it now, there's also always a chance that something new, because homeschooling resources and and games and books and things, you know, a million come out a year. So there's always a chance that something better might come along before, you know, you start teaching whatever that concept is to the next kid in line. So I try to just, get rid of things, you know, like you said, a couple times a year, go through things, um, give them to another homeschool family, take them to the library. If it's, you know, Mm -hmm. books, um, even just take it to Goodwill. I can remember, you know, when my kids were tiny, going to the library book sales or going to Goodwill and finding like that, that gem, you know, and it's like, (laughs) ah, so I just figure, okay, hopefully that that's, you know, that that's what this is doing because I'm too lazy for a garage sale. So, (laughs) right. No, I don't like sifting through. I wish I could, I wish I had the patience for it, but I mean, goodwill, there's people who don't like games. So I always tell the game school people, that's my go-to spot to find, you know, Salvation Army, goodwill, people will get a game and they don't play it. And a lot of times you can find it brand new. Still in the, yeah, still in the packaging. It's, it's crazy. And, and, you, you get it and you feel like, is everyone, is anyone else seeing this? That this is just sitting here for the taking. And it's like, I know if it's been on your wrist, like, this is, this is $40 on Amazon. I got it for two bucks. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. So it is. I try to go through things regularly with books. We, I try to keep reference books and things that I think we'll go back to again and again. I have gotten myself in real book trouble because of, like I said, that second grade teacher, um, when she retired, she gave us everything that she had collected over a 40 year career of teaching (laughs) second through sixth grade. Amazing. And it was fantastic. But what ends up happening is you're just drowning in books and nobody knows what you have. (laughs) 
by like I have such library envy when I see how people do it I started one time I was going to mark the bindings and then have but it just didn't I my kids yeah I bought you know library cards not so much for that was kind of more for fun I guess but um you know thinking that we were going to have this really well organized library and (laughs) it just doesn't work for us and my my Mm -hmm. kids are very much the type that um we all kind of go to the library or the bookstore and we just get this like glazed expression on our faces yes. and we're like, there's so much here. And so what really works a lot better is to strew like two or three books mm-hmm. and make those so true. That's what works for our family. But for other families, you know, if you're a naturally organized person, you could do all kinds of fun things with shelves and books and bins and stuff, but... That's yeah, I'm not there. So <laughs> I try to just go through our books regularly and, and donate them and let go of the things that we don't need anymore. Um, we could go into the whole idea of sentimental saving, which is like a oh. whole other issue. <laughs> Especially with books. I feel like if yeah. you're a reading family, it's so hard to let go of certain titles. I put them up. We ha- We have an attic, so we're lucky in that sense, but I put them up and each kid has a bin and there are certain books that I just know I can't get rid of just because we've read them too often. Right. Right. And that's hard. And so it's hard to just kind of keep what, if you're a sentimental person, it's, it's hard to let go of some things. And, um, I know people have lots of good strategies for that. Like, okay, so you have, each child has one bin of things that you're going to hold on to that I have a good friend who, her theory is no child wants to move into, you know, their first apartment or house or whatever with like tons of stuff that they didn't even choose from their childhood, you know? Um, <laughs> that's so, so true. Each child basically gets one Rubbermaid bin and she goes through it every once in a while. And I'm like, that's really smart. I wish that I is really smart. Better about that. But yeah, mine are going to get more than one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we turn it into a service project. So I think um, because I review so many books on the blog and on Instagram, we get sent books from publishers. And so we have it set up so that once a month we donate, we go through all of our books and we fill a couple boxes with books that we're, that we don't need. And we give them to, there's a little free library and a, a pediatrician's office. It's in a low income area and we give them there. And then to another a teacher in a city nearby. Oh, I love and she that. Gives, so, and I think it's important to teach your kids I mean, it's hard when you're homeschooling and there are, it's just the lifestyle. There are so many books, but you're, you don't realize how many children don't have access to books. And it's important to pass a lot of them on because as much as I love books, there's no reason that we should have as many as we have sometimes here. Yeah. And I think it makes it easier when you know that if you're giving away something that is a good resource or that meant a lot to your family, I think it makes it a little easier sometimes if you know it's going somewhere where it's really needed or will really be appreciated because it can be hard to let go of things sometimes. So 
sisters, in the interest of keeping it real, Kara and I have decided that we're going to do a little virtual tour of our homeschool organization, for better or for worse. (laughs) Or lack of organization. (laughs) I know. Seriously. You know, because one of the things I was thinking about is that I I start out half the year so organized. And then I usually in the fall again, will like shift and organize things for winter. But then you get to February and you're just kind of like, yeah, everything feels a little slower and a little lazier. (laughs) And I know in spring it will change again and we'll purge all the things and we'll organize, but it's funny to do this now because it is kind of... Not that it's most organized right now. I'm going to be like, what is this? Oh, <laughs> oh here's that library book that, yeah. I just, that I just bought. <laughs> so the day this episode comes out, Tuesday, February 6th, we will put it in our Instagram stories. So you can head over to Instagram and get a little virtual tour of what our spaces look like. <laughs> It'll be fun. You can see my it will be fun. bookshelf that's like... It'll be fun and funny. In part, just a disaster. Like... I only want to show people like the top couple shelves and it just gets progressively <laughs> worse toward the bottom, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to clean it. It's just going to nope. be real. You're going to see. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And before we go real quick, um, Kate, do, do you have Olympic fever? <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited. We need something oh. fun and happy in February to do. I get so excited when February has something exciting yeah. that can take your mind off of something. So the Olympics. You know, just the blues. Yeah, start Friday. So there, there's already a ton of great stuff out there. So we just thought really quickly we could share a couple of our favorite things that we have found and things that we're going to do during the Olympics. Um, so our friend Alicia at Learning Well has a great post. We can Such a good one. link to that. It's like a roundup of everything that they're going to do. Really, really good. And then the day we're recording this, Julie from Brave Writer just came out with a 14-page guide of ideas for celebrating the Olympics. And it's free <laughs> yeah. to anybody. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm so excited. So we'll link to that in the show notes. There's, oh my goodness, games. There's Big juicy conversation topics, Olympic trivia, Olympic physics. I mean, basically, you could just do this for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I might. Um, <laughs> Did you see her Instagram last night? She was talking about how you could have your kids luge down the stairs. <laughs> like oh my my kids will be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That sounds that sounds like how I end up in the emergency room yeah. with like a twisted ankle. The kids will be fine, but I'm too old for that business. So what are you guys going to do to celebrate the Olympics? Oh, so we have a few different ideas. I'm definitely, I haven't actually read the Brave Writer Guide yet, but it's on my list of things to print out today. And I can't wait. I'm very excited because I love everything that Julie does. But I was thinking for the opening ceremonies of pulling out our pennant maps and following along with those. And also there's this really fun card game called flag frenzy. I can never say it correctly. It's like a tongue twister, but it's like spot it, but with flags from around the world. So you play it the same way. It's really fun. And my kids love it. And it's a great way. I mean, to kind of tie in all the flags that you're going to be seeing and Yeah. yeah, and make it fun and relatable for kids. And then I'm sure there's something on curiosity stream. Whenever I'm doing a lazy unit study, (laughs) I log on there and I Google, like I haven't looked yet, but I'm certain there's something. Um, 
And then chalk pastels. Actually, if anyone does, you are an artist, chalk pastels with Nana. There is a Winter Olympics uh, video course right now that they're doing. And we love all of Nana stuff. We did it for summer several years ago for summer. And my, my kids loved it. Yeah. They have like a, an Olympic torch you can make. And Mm -hmm. that looks really fun. So what about you guys? Um, okay. I just ordered winter Olympics, mad libs. (laughs) I'm going to have to get them because I think mad libs are how my kids have learned parts of speech. I really do. And I (laughs) think how I remember parts of speech as an adult. Um, (laughs) and Sarah at read aloud revival has a post about books. So I've put a bunch of those on hold and I'm filling our book basket. And have you guys played Zeus on the loose? That's a fun one. Okay. I saw that in Alicia's And it's stealth math. math. Oh, perfect. Okay. I saw that mm-hmm. in Alicia's post and I was like, that looks like that might be a good fit for us. So I was thinking about getting that one. And I ordered, because I'm, you know, because I'm silly, I ordered some decorations. <laughs> oh, that's so and, fun. Yeah. And I was thinking of looking up, um, you know, some recipes too for the night. Such of- a good idea the opening ceremonies and see what I can come up with that isn't too complicated that I'm not gonna (laughs) has to be easy yeah yeah but I bet that there's some stuff out there that could be really really fun so I love that yeah just kind of making it into a little bit of a unit study and taking advantage of everybody's interest and I'm just excited just like to curl up together and watch at night, you know, when they do the highlights and stuff, that's always fun. Right. And it, I, I don't know. I feel like the Olympics is one of those things you remember from your childhood. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like it stands out in your mind. So I'm just excited to share that with them and just kind of dive deep and learn what we see, where, where it takes us. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yep. And you know, it would be fun is if, um, everybody has ideas for what they're going to do to celebrate the Olympics. They can put them in the comments to the, <gasps> I would love that. <laughs> show notes. And then we can all kind of... Divide and conquer. Yeah, together <laughs> we are going to make the world's most awesome unit study for the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the show notes for this episode will be over at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And we will be back next week with another brand new episode. This whole weekly thing is working out pretty well so far, I think. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister. Sister.